Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Cathay area, man, did you see the lights in the, the, the atrium area there? Aren't they gorgeous and just amazing? Uh, again, there was sweat equity that went into that. But if you've uh, recalled over the last uh, several months, we've been raising money for different projects. So even though there was sweat equity of some individuals that installed lights, those lights are there as a result of you in your financial giving. And so, again, you've made this place look awesome. Uh, again, thank you so much for just investing in GVC and, and making it a place that people are proud to come. So, God bless you. Love you. Thank you so much for uh, just supporting the, the ministry here. Amen. Well, hey, just want to welcome everybody online that's tuning in. And again, thank you for being here in attendance today. Uh, I just believe that God's got some amazing things for us to stir us uh, in this time and season that we're in. And how many of you know that... God has an answer for everything. Uh, we're living in times, and especially because of the season or the time that we're in, we oftentimes during the holiday season, the Christmas season, can feel all oh, the, the, the burdens and the heaviness and just, uh, oh, I don't know. We can get, get into a position where we just feel frumpy. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, there is an answer for everything from God. And God's answer is always this. God's answer is always the Word of God. And I realize we live in days where everybody wants to have an intellectual conversation. They want to have a pep talk. They want to be stirred up and encouraged. But listen, you can only be encouraged so far and maybe change your emotion for a moment. But it is the Word of God that will change the landscape of your life if you'll learn to apply it. So listen, the best thing that I can give you is I can stir you and encourage you. But my encouragement is to trust God and trust His Word. And you'll see the changes that you desire in your life. You heard my wife. She just said, you know, there's been a couple months here that she's just been... Uh, well, just, just going after God about some things. 
There are some things that she's been desiring to see and some answers that she's been inquiring of the Lord about. And so she's just, as she said, I've been like a dog, like a bulldog after a bone. She said, I've just been endeavoring to get in the face of God. And how she's been doing it is she's been doing it by getting into the Word of God. And in getting into the Word of God, she's getting into the presence of God. And getting into the Word of God, she's hearing the voice of God. And it's beginning to make changes within her life. Now, here's the thing. Whenever we get into the Word of God, it does not necessarily change the landscape of our surroundings immediately. And oftentimes that's how we approach God because we find ourselves in the mully grubs or we're wanting to see a different landscape, different scenery, and we want it changed now. But how many of you know that your emotions and your feelings have to be overcome to get to a place where you're in faith? And the only place that you can get in faith is by having the Word of God encourage and stir your heart, right? So if you was to ask my wife, if you, if you was to say, are you seeing the changes naturally speaking? She would say, no, not in the natural. But one thing she would say is what I do see change is change in me. Because now, uh, where the things that she was endeavoring to, to talk to the Lord about, you know, there was times a, a couple months ago, she'd be like, meh, meh, <laughs> just not feeling it, right? I mean, we've all been there. You might be there right now where you're just feeling like, dear God, I'm just going through the motions. I just feel so heavy. I just feel unmotivated. Just, I don't want to do nothing. I just feel like a bump on a log, and I just, I'm just existing right now. Everybody has experienced that. But she said, I'm going to endeavor to press into the presence of God, get into the Word of God, and it's begun to change her. And even though she does not see it naturally, where she is seeing it is through the eyes of faith. So what that means is, is she's seeing it before she sees it. She has it before she has it. Why? Because it's the Word of God that is fortifying her and stirring her on the inside. Right? And so again, just with that context of just being in the mully grubs, uh, it's interesting this time of year, this season of Christmas. And this, like I mentioned last week, it's not a Christmas message, but I'm addressing the Christmas season. And the Christmas season is upon us, right? And so during the Christmas season, here's something that is so interesting and unique about this time. Is that during this time, for several weeks, you can literally experience and feel the Spirit of God moving. Now, it's different than even like Easter. Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but typically it's Easter Sunday. That's what we're endeavoring to, to celebrate, and we come in church on, on Sunday morning. But when it comes to Christmas, it's a season that we come and we congregate together and we stir it up. And the reason why we experience the presence of God the way that we do is because God's creation, God's people begin to act like the Creator. Did you hear what I said? I said people, humanity, in fact, for that matter, it's saved and unsaved. What I mean by that, it's people that are Christians and people that are not Christians. They're experiencing the presence of God. Why? Because for creation or humanity, 
saved or unsaved, begins to act like God. Right? What do I mean? They begin to act kind. They begin to act loving or start to love people with a little bit more generosity. Right? They, they begin to stir up peace and want to experience peace in their life. They become generous. They're givers. They're being blessings to people. In addition to that, they might even just step across the line and begin to forgive as a result of the holiday season. And so because of this, we begin to experience the Spirit of God moving during this time like never before. But do you know that the enemy does not let that go unanswered? Because when God starts to move, people's lives begin to change. And the enemy does not want that or can he afford that in this season. And so what he does, when people begin to respond from their heart and begin to act like God, what he endeavors to do is begins to push and drive people back into a position of their feelings and their emotions. Right? Because when you act from your heart, you're actually acting like God, but God is a faith God, so really you're, there's an exercise or an action of faith. But the enemy says, oh, no, no, no. Don't act like that. Too many good things happen when you act like that. Then what does he do? He starts bringing thoughts. Well, you remember. You remember this and you remember that. Oh, in fact, let me just give you a snapshot of when you were a kid. You know what happened to you. You know how people treated you and all the things of life. The enemy brings back to your remembrance thoughts that push you into a place of living and dwelling in the realm of your emotions and feelings. Does that make sense? And if he'll get you there in that place, he can have victory over your life. And so again, I want to stir you up this morning that I believe that this season that God, where God is taking us, he wants us to come to a place of thinking and living victoriously. Amen. You know, the Bible says this, not only in the Christmas season, I said that there seems to be this, the, the Spirit of God that tends to move more frequently and, and, and available, available to do so. But God also said this in the book of Joel, and He also repeated it in the book of Acts. He said, in the last days. Come on, somebody say the last days. That's the days that we're living in right now. He said, in the last days, He said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. He didn't say just the believers or just the church. He said all flesh. So come on. That means right now in this season, God's moving. This is the hour God is moving. And he says, I'm not willing for the enemy to get the last word. He said, I will have the last word. I will have the last move. And I'm coming back for a glorious church. Amen. We know that God is moving, but when God begins to move, what does the enemy do? He begins to counteract and begins to bring thoughts and suggestions to drive you into the realm of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And maybe many of us here in this place, those that are watching right now, maybe you have been feeling the overwhelming pressure, burden, heaviness, anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, because you continually repeat and rehearse the things that you're thinking and feeling. And that's nothing more than the tactic of the enemy 
to get you into a place of not experiencing God's best. So I want to encourage you right now. Pay attention to how you've been thinking. Pay attention to how you've been feeling. Pay attention to how you've been acting. Here's what oftentimes happens. Uh, uh, We get into a rut or get into a dark place before we realize that we're there. You know what I mean? But if you'll pause for just a moment like, man, I've let myself start to think and act and feel. If you can pay attention and identify where you're at, you can back your way out of it. And you can get yourself into a better place. And not into a better place, a God place. Come on, I want to be in a God place where God is moving. Praise God. So again, maybe you've been in this season. Maybe it's been for a a good season. Maybe you felt overwhelmed, hopeless. Maybe you felt depressed and anxious. As I've said already, maybe you've lacked motivation. Maybe you've lacked motivation. Maybe you've been full of grief. Uh, Maybe you've had uh, extreme thoughts. Well, if I do this, it will fix that. Come on, how many of you know that the devil wants to push you over to the place of extremes? What's the most extreme place? Just end it all. Just end it all. Just quit church. Just leave. Quit your marriage. Whatever it is. If you go to extreme measures, that'll fix it. Nothing extreme fixes anything. It's just trust in God. Amen? Remember what I said to begin with. God has an answer for everything. And where is it found? In the Word. A couple of you are listening. It's found in the Word. The Word will change your emotions. The Word will change your thoughts. The Word will change your feelings. Now again, here's, I understand it. Listen. Some have gotten into a place where that feeling and that emotion, even though that I don't like this place that I'm in, it's become my constant friend. It's consistent. I know this place. I know this emotion. I know this feeling. And you repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And you don't like it, but again, it's comfortable. I know it. It's predictable. But listen, it can be better than what it is. How many of you have ever lacked motivation before? Do you realize that the lack of motivation to live life or be productive in life is not the heart of God? I said it to the group this morning. I said, you know, when it comes to to the people of God, you know how God originally made us? He said, be fruitful and multiply. And then when they sinned, the Bible says that he cursed them or uh, placed a curse in the land. And he said, now you're going to work by the sweat of your brow and you're going to have toil for labor. He said, it's going to be hard going. In other words, he said, the work that I commissioned you to do before is now going to be hard or you're going to toil and work. So what that does mean is that work was never meant to be a grind. To succeed and have achievements in life was never meant to be a grind or never meant to be a toil. God wants us to enjoy the labors and the fruit of our hand and enjoy it along the way. Amen. That's the heart of God. But the enemy wants you to get into a place where you just lack motivation to do anything. Have you ever just lacked motivation to get out of bed? Yeah. I just don't feel like today. I mean, the other day, I was at home, and uh, my garage, because of things that we got going on at the home, uh, has been a catch-all. And our garage has been embarrassing for about the last month and a half. 
<laughs> coming over. Well, so the other day, I just decided to get after it and start doing some work and clean up the garage. I'm telling you what, I had to make myself do it because I had absolutely no motivation whatsoever. In fact, I just sitting there like, I'm kind of, you know, the inward groan. Uh, I don't want to do this. I think, I think it's time for a coffee to go in and have a coffee. I think it's time to sit down and watch the news right now. Feeling kind of hungry right now. You know, anything you can think of to not do what you're intending on doing. Again, lack of motivation. That's nothing more than a ploy of the enemy because if he can get you unmotivated here, you'll become unmotivated here. And if you're unmotivated here, you'll become unmotivated over here. And it's nothing but a downward spiral of to get you to not be productive in life or trusting or experiencing God's best. Amen. Come on, is this hitting home for anybody? I, I believe that there, that's where a lot of people are in these days. I, I'm just not feeling it. I just feel like just this heaviness. But how many of you know the Bible says that when you get into the presence of the Lord, He brings times of refreshing. Man, if you're feeling in the mully grubs, just feeling like there's lack of motivation in your life, that, that's not the time to stop coming to church. That's the time to run and get into the presence of God because I need to be refreshed. Amen? Amen. Well, let me just share this with you over in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Did you see that it says not to be strong in your own ability? He said be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You could also say it this way, be strong in the grace of God. The grace of God is God's empowerment for you to function and to do. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now notice what it says. Putting on or put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The armor of God. Now again, he's drawing a picture for you to, to have clarity and understanding. The armor of God uh, presents an, an image of you going and doing battle. But the armor of God is nothing more than God's word in your life. To put the armor on is to put the Word of God into practice. Now notice what he says in verse 12. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, but against spiritual hosts and wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Come on, somebody. He didn't say it's time to lay down. He didn't say it's time, he didn't say it's time to just sleep in and just, just uh, sleep your burdens away. He said, no, it's time to stand up. It's time to stand. Come on, this is the hour that we need to stand. And if you don't feel like standing, it's the time to stand most emphatically because you don't feel like standing. And if you're not feeling like standing, then obviously you know that the, the, the enemy has pushed you into that place and that realm of your thoughts, emotions, and feelings. He says, stand up. Amen. And then he goes on to say this in verse 14. He says, Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth. Isn't it interesting that the very first thing that God says to put on concerning the armor is truth. He doesn't say anything else to begin with. He says, put on truth. Did you know that the devil is the father of lies? And the devil, devil will never come to you talking truth. He'll always come to talk to you about facts. 
Let me say that again. The devil does not come and talk to you and reason with you about truth. He will come and talk to you about facts. Here's the facts. Here's what it looks like financially. Here's what it looks like because of the doctor's report. Here's what's going to happen because of the marriage. Those are just facts. But the truth supersedes facts. Amen. He said, put on truth. Come up higher. Come on. Now, after he says, put on truth, what does he say? He says, now, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, God doesn't mix words and he don't put these in order for the sake of just randomly saying it. He says, first of all, put on truth. Secondly, put on righteousness. Why does he put, say put on righteousness? Because righteousness means that you are in right standing with God. And therefore, if the enemy can talk you in and convince you, you're not enough. Unless you come. I'm not picking on Doug and his music. I'm just, you understand what I'm saying? You are enough. And the Bible says that because of Christ, you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So what we end up doing when the enemy tries to push us in the corner with emotions and feelings and thoughts, he's saying you're not enough, you're not adequate, you didn't do this and you didn't do that, you've messed up, you displeased God, and therefore you're unqualified. Listen, Jesus qualified me, and therefore the truth says that because of Jesus, because of the blood, I'm righteous. And you can never be any more righteous than the day you receive Jesus. You can become more mature in the things of God, but once you receive Jesus, you are righteous, and you can never become more righteous than you are when Jesus washed your sins away. Amen. Why is that important after truth? Because if I know that I'm in right standing with God, I've got confidence. God, we've got this. I've got it. You got it. Amen. He says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15. And having shod your feet with the preparations of the gospel of peace. Woo! Praise the Lord. Truth comes. I've got the truth. It's not the lie. It's not the facts. It's the truth. I'm in right standing with God, and now God says I can have peace. Come on, somebody. Come on, Christmas season. Everybody gets in those mully grubs, or many people do. No, I've got peace. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. Well, the devil says, you remember what happened last year? No, I've got peace. Oh, well, you remember last year you blew up. No, last year is forgiven. I'm righteous. Praise God. I've got peace this year. Well, you know, you're just barely getting by. You know the kids are going to be mad. I've got peace. I've got peace. Because God is more than enough. I'm well able. He said, put on the gospel of peace. He said, but all take up the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So now notice, he says, he's put us in remembrance of who we are, what we have, that we can walk in truth. And then he says, now the enemy's going to come and he's going to bring facts Throw arrows and darts of facts. And what do you do? You bring up the shield of faith. (laughs) I've got truth. And the truth deflects facts. You can't hit me with facts because I've got truth. Amen. Then what does it say? It says in verse 17, and then take up the helmet of salvation. Woo! What's helmets do? Covers your head. 
So what does that mean? That means that when the enemy comes and brings thoughts and ideas and push us in the corner with emotions and feelings, oh dear God, you know, didn't you hear? There is a triple threat that's coming right now. I mean, you, dear God, COVID was so big last year that it wiped out the flu. Nobody had to worry about the flu last year because COVID was so big and so bad. But now this year, COVID lost its little... Lost his place. And there's some other players on the scene. You got the rhino virus coming up in a close second. You've got the flu virus. There's the triple threat, baby. You better watch out. Don't even look at somebody cross-eyed or you just might get it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about thoughts. The devil says, oh, dear God, that person sneezed next to you. You've got the rhino you got it, baby. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you're in church and, and, and there's that person. There's always that person. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good to see you. Oh, dear God. The flu. It's all over me. Right? I'm talking about the enemy messing with your thoughts to get into emotions and feelings and then you go home and as you're driving home I feel my throat closing up it's a little tight oh dear God I think I got it right no the Bible says put on the helmet of salvation so that when the devil says oh how you feeling I don't go by how I feel because that's nothing more than the fact that you're trying to throw at me I've got truth amen the truth guides my and, and protects my thoughts Come on, is this helping anybody? And then it says to take up the sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? It is the Word of God. So what does that mean? You don't leave anything unanswered when the enemy comes and starts talking to you. And you may say, I don't know that the devil talks to me. Well, if you ever get into a frumpy mode, husbands and wives... I mean, uh, my wife, sometimes I just wonder if she's possessed by the devil. I'm like, you know. Wow. No. <laughs> 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 right, listen. How many of you know that fights, disagreements, don't just start on their own. They have help. And somebody responds to the help, right? Is that really what you did? Did you buy that? How long you had that? Oh, you mean it was on sale? Yeah, when was it on sale? Oh, last year? Yeah, how long you had that? You know, just whatever. The enemy likes to poke into prod. But he says, you don't let the enemy just talk and say and provoke you. Answer it with the word. Take up the sword and put him in his place. Cut his tongue off. Amen. The word says. Amen. Because we have the word of God. It is our armor. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end and persevering with supplication for all saints. Once again, the Bible says to put on the armor of God because the enemy in this season, when God begins to move, and I'm not just talking about the Christmas season, God is moving in this hour and he's endeavoring to push you off the place in God, which God has elevated you to. And that place is at the right hand of the Father, a place of authority. A place of victory. And he's wanting to move you over to a place that's inferior through emotions and feelings and thoughts. Amen? 
Now, let me just give you an example of this. I said that whenever we have contrary thoughts, you needed help. Well, let me share a scripture with you in regards to the Christmas story. Again, this isn't a Christmas message, but we're addressing the Christmas season because we can identify with ourselves. If, you, if you'll notice in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 28, it says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Notice the very first words that he says, Rejoice. How many of you understand rejoicing is a conscious decision and action? And God says that you need to rejoice in the most unusual circumstances and times. So listen, when the bills need to be paid and you don't have the money, that's a good time to rejoice. <laughs> Praise the Lord. My God supplies all of my needs. Amen. When the doctor gives you a bad report, it's a good time to rejoice. And then he says here, he says, rejoice, highly favored one of God. Now listen, obviously God chose her, but do you know that you're no, uh, she's no more special than you? In fact, for that matter, God says that to you and I because of what Jesus did. He paid the price for us to be in right standing with God, righteous with God. Therefore, he says to you this morning... In fact, let me just give you a little, a little side thought. We get all excited because an angel showed up. In the book of Hebrews, it says that God's man, the saved or the born-again believer, has a higher place than angels. Actually, the position is just a little bit lower than God. So listen, this morning, not an angel of the Lord is saying to you, but a man, a preacher, your pastor, anointed by God, is saying, Rejoice, favored ones, Genesee Valley Church. You are favored by God. You might say, but man, I got a bad situation going on right now. Listen, the favor of God is bigger than the circumstance you're going through right now. So rejoice. Amen. He says, rejoice, highly favored one. He says, there's a move of God that's coming right now. There's a move of God and I'm going to do it in your life, in you and through you. Verse 29, it says, but when she saw him, she was troubled at him, saying, and considered what manner of greeting it was. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you, are for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he, will, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will, be no, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, now notice. Notice the angel came to bring truth to her. But she had to have help. Because now she reciprocates by giving facts. What does she say? It says, don't be afraid. But then she says, how can this be since I don't know a man? An angel just showed up and said, here's a message from God. And she immediately says, well, that's all well and good. But the facts say that can't be because I've never known a man. Once again, she needed help. The angel came and says, there's a move of God coming in your life. And the devil says, 
Hey, wait a minute. Think about this for just a minute. Come on, let's get rational about this. Let's be real. And she quotes or gives him the facts. Well, what does the angel say? In verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit has come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the Son in her old age. And this is now the, uh, this, the sixth, month of, sixth month for her who was called barren. Now verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So, all the facts were exchanged. The angel came with a salutation. But now he comes back and he says, Now, if there's ever any question about the facts, let me end it with one note of truth. And that's the only thing that you have to hold on to, bring to your remembrance, and hold it until it comes to fruition. And that is, is that with God, nothing is impossible. Praise God. So you're favored this morning, and I don't care what your Christmas season is looking like, feeling like. I don't know what you're feeling like right now in your emotions. But here's one thing that I can tell you, highly favored ones. And that is, is that with God, nothing is impossible. And what was her response? She said, okay, I better respond correctly then. She didn't come back and wrestle and say, well, well, well. Let me, you know, come on now, don't you know? No, what did she say? Look at what it says in verse 37. Or excuse me, 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Come on, God's wanting us to hold fast to the word of God in this season. If you find that your feelings and emotions... If you feel like you've just been carrying anxiety and fear. Well, let me just say it this way. Depression, anxiety, stress is nothing more than a byproduct of fear. And fear is nothing more than this. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Come on, this is the best season of our life. This church is going over. This church is filled front to back, side to side, multiple services. God is moving mightily in your life. This is the best year of your life. And next year, 2023, when everything is going haywire in the world, you're going to say, man, I'm glad I'm living in the kingdom of God, not just the United States of America. I'm a child of the king. Woo, praise the Lord. You doing all right? Amen. Now listen to this. The word does not contradict facts the word supersedes facts so when you apply the word of God to your life it takes you to a higher place of truth once again the example you're having a baby again the word nothing is impossible with God did not contradict it it superseded it don't worry about whether you've known it or not it's not impossible with God Aren't you glad? Your circumstance is not too big. You doing okay? God said that in these last days, He's pouring out His Spirit. The enemy knows that His time is short. 
And so he's doing everything he can to get you out of your place. He's doing everything to make you feel isolated, alone, an island unto yourself, secluded with your thoughts, your emotions, and your feelings, simply because he does not want you to experience the move of God. He does not want you to experience victory in your life. It's time for us to step on over into the goodness of God and act like the word is true. It's scientifically proven. Now, I said this because, or I said that to you for this reason. It's scientifically proven that you cannot think your way into a better place emotionally. But you can act your way to a better place emotionally. So for all of you that just struggle with the whole faith thing, and you tend to lean towards more the scientific side of things, scientific facts have proven that you cannot think your way into a better place emotionally, but you can act your way into a better place emotionally. What's that mean? I can sit in a corner, lay in bed all day long, stay up all night, eat brownies all day, and just get into that place of, oh, poor me. And obviously, I understand when you're in that place, it's hard to stir up motivation. But if you'll purpose just to take an act and a step of faith and begin to act your way into the place that you want to be, you will begin to see the change come to pass. You'll begin to see the countenance of your feelings change. You'll see your marriage and your home life change if you'll just act it. Husbands, let me just encourage you. Why don't you just start being a little more touchy-feely with your wife? Not for the sake of trying to get something from her, but just loving on her. I know this firsthand. If you'll purpose to be more touchy-feely and more affectionate, she'll reciprocate differently. It's just the way... So, okay. Then set it up, guys. Just keep, just keep it up. Give her what she wants, and she'll give you what you want. All right? What's my point? You're acting your way into the relationship that you want. Right? Does that make sense? And, and forgive me if that's just a little bit too carnal for y'all, but y'all know that God created this relationship between men and women, right? All right? Amen. Let's stand. As I've, as I've got your mind in the gutters already. <laughs> God said he's pouring out his spirit in these last days. So, you're going to have to choose to rejoice. You're going to have to choose a corresponding action for what you want. And notice what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. It says, And God is able to make all grace. Remember I said to you that you're the highly favored one of God and nothing is impossible with God and you are the righteousness of God. So what does that mean? That means the grace of God is working in our lives and he says God is able to make all grace abound toward us. 
that we having all sufficiency in all things, and it abounds to every good work. So here's what this means. That means my church is getting ready to look different. My marriage is getting ready to look different. My workplace is getting ready to look different. My physical body is getting ready to look different. Oh, my finances are getting ready to look different. Why? Because there's grace that's abounding because I'm right with God. I know the truth. And therefore, oh, come on. It abounds to every good work, not lacking nothing. So come on. We're looking differently because we're walking in the light. And therefore, we're not going to be dragging our lip into church no more. Come on. Some of you people look at you and ask you, have you taken up chewing tobacco? And you're not, like, no, it's just the gravel in my lip from dragging it so much. No, listen. Come on. We're not dragging our lip no more. Come on, we're putting our shoulders back and saying we are the righteousness of God, praise God, and therefore the grace of God is working because there's a move of God happening in my church, in my home, in my community, praise God. Amen. How many believe that in this season we can have it? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you all the thanks and all the praise. We thank you that we're in the right place at the right time. Father, we're going somewhere to happen. I thank you, Father, that the enemy is not getting us out of our place. Lord, our marriages are stronger than ever. Our finances are stronger than ever. Our physical health is stronger than ever. God, I thank you our church is stronger than ever because we are in right standing with you. And this is the hour that you're moving. And we don't deal with facts. We operate and live by truth. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Hey, listen. One last thing. Wednesday. First Wednesday, the, the Spirit of God's going to move. So if you want to experience the Holy Spirit, if you just want a fresh touch from God, if you've been feeling like you're in the mully grubs, come on down on Wednesday and you'll get a time of refreshing. Amen? We'll see you on Wednesday. God bless. That's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.